check. Check the freaking mic. Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. How are you? Welcome to Your Life's Work Podcast. I'm your official official. Greetings uh, from everybody to everybody, around everybody, uh, through everybody. <laughs> Hope you're well. Hope you're having a good day. What are you doing? What do you do while you listen to the podcast? What do you do? Are you in some office? Are you in your car? What what is, what is it? Write me. I want to know what the hell you do. I really, honest to God, I want to know how you listen. Do you jog? Do you run? Do you exercise? Do you, do you work? Are you blowing off work? What are you doing? Uh, JR at JRMan.com. JR at JRMan.com. Go to JRMan.com for all your JRMan-ness stuff. Yeah, hang out there. Sure. Uh, I am uh, a mentor, a coach, a spiritual director, a community clinician. I don't even know what the hell that is. People always say, hey, what do you do? And in, and in my line of work, which is like, you know, there's like, it's super like, there is no like real definition for it. It's like, you know pastoral care, spiritual director, coach, mentor, guy that walks into businesses and helps people understand culture, uh, guy that helps, uh, you know, improve your culture um, or your individual seasons and situations. But uh, anyways, go to jrman.com. There's a phone number. There's an email. Uh, there's uh, I'm at jrman all over the interwebs if you want to get a hold of me and we can talk and chat about uh, whatever it is going on in your life. Uh, and, and believe me, man, that's my passion. That's where I uh, it's where I dig. It's what I live to do. So, um, you know, earlier this week, Diane and I had an occasion, my wife, Diane, and I had an occasion to uh, drive up to Los Angeles, California. We live here in San Diego, so it takes uh, an hour or so or so. Or so in Southern California, it can be five more hours, or it can be five more minutes. <laughs> it just depends. And uh, we uh, saw a guy named Rob Bell and John Philip Newell. Rob Bell, who if you don't know who he is, you should get to know who he is. He's another guy that like, you know, if you like say, what does he do? Or what's his title? Um, I, you know, again, it's like, I don't I've, I probably, Rob would have a hard time telling you <laughs> what he does. Uh, but he's an author, speaker, uh, thinker, contemplator, um, just an, an all-around fascinating guy. Go to robbell.com for all of his shenanigans. Uh, but I tell you this story because I really want to focus on John Philip Newell, uh, who's another one of those guys that's a, uh, you know, he's a pastor, minister, contemplator, thinker, uh, steeped in the wisdom tradition of Jesus. Um, if you're so, you know, apt to, you know, dive into those waters. And, and believe me, those waters are quite fun, man. I mean, talk about, uh, you know, <laughs> relinquishing all control and certainty. Uh, if you want to go there, you can, and uh, I encourage you to, obviously. But uh, John Philip Newell, if you're new to spiritual practice or you're like heavy into it, if you're heavy into it, you probably know who he is. But if you uh, if you're new to it or you're you know just starting a season of you know kind of putting spiritual practice into your life and uh, learning uh, you know ways of peace and ways to wisdom and just uh, kind of you know, taking stock of your life, taking inventory of your life, this is a guy that you want to know. This is a guy that you want to YouTube and listen to. This is a guy, he, first off, he's got a wicked, great little Scottish accent working, and that alone should attract you. Like, that alone. Like, it doesn't really matter, like, what somebody's saying in a Scottish accent. You just want to listen to it. 
So that alone first. Uh, plus, he's cool, man. He's got like this white gray hair, and it uh, and he dresses kind of. He's just cool, man. He's uh, he's just a cool guy. So, Diane and I we drove up there to listen to uh, Rob and uh, John talk, and uh, Rob interviewed him about one of his books, and uh, it was a couple hours worth of just really greatness. So. Um, check out John Philip Newell, uh, go ahead and get that, uh, get any one of his books, uh, listen to him on YouTube. Um, he's got a bunch of different things. In fact, uh, in fact, again, here's me not prepared to really, you can hear me typing. <laughs> Here he, where is he? Where are you, John Philip Newell? Um, Apologize. Okay, here it is. Uh, he's he's got his website. If you want to grab his website, if you just Google John Philip Newell and it's Philip is P H I L L I P and Newell is N E W E L L. And he's got something called heartjourney.org. It's really cool. He's got a school of Celtic consciousness. And there's a Celtic kind of wisdom tradition or a Celtic Jesus tradition, if you will. Um, that's very, very fascinating. Um, I'm not going to go in and explain it, uh, you know, what it is now. But again, I just, I say that if you're on uh, the deeper journey and you are, uh, you know, into any of this kind of stuff, um, John Philip Newell, John Philip Newell all day long. Uh, good dude. Where's round glasses? Where's, so you got to get the picture, right? Flowing kind of grayish, whitish hair, about my size, maybe five, seven, five, eight, somewhere in there. Um, thin, thin build, uh, some facial hair. And then the Scottish accent. And believe me, you, you fall in love. You fall in love. I don't care what you're attracted to. You'll fall in love with this guy. Uh, okay, cool. Um, today we're going to continue on with uh, the series that I did called Don't Stay Stuck. And when I say series, I say workshop. Uh, we did a workshop here in San Diego a few weeks back where we brought some good people together. It, it, very often when I'm having conversations with people, uh, either in sessions or just uh, driving around the planet, um, people tend to talk in terms of being stuck, you know, whether it's a relationship, a thought, a theology, a political thing, um, just forward movement. Hey, man, I want to, you know, get a new job or, you know, I, I this relationship I'm in sucks and I just want to move on. Uh, or, or again, it's like just like... It's a thought that uh, some organization or tribe you belong to for years gave you, and you just want to get rid of the damn thing. So, you know, I, I was like, let's bring people together and really talk about the three big things that keep us stuck. And the three big things that keep us stuck are fear, resentment, and shame. So every human being, for the record, has fear, resentment, and shame, and then, you know, you pick the amount <laughs> of each of those things that you want. But each of us, each of us has the ability to unlock fear, unlock resentment, and unlock shame in a myriad of ways. No one religion, no one school of philosophical thought has it. Uh, you know, again, you, you hear me say it all the time, truth over there is truth here, Um you know, big truth there is big truth here. That's just how that goes. There's there's no denying that 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 kind of understanding. So fear, resentment, and shame can be unlocked in a myriad of ways. I offer you a few unlockable ways. <laughs> I offer you a few techniques, a few, um, you know, uh, devices, if you will, or schools of thought or way of thinking to unlock these things. So we had this workshop where we talked about fear, resentment, and shame. Last week, we talked about fear. Today, we're talking about resentment. Um, and next week, we're going to talk about shame. 
So I encourage you, if you missed last week's, it's not like you got to go back. It's not like, you know, this is a 101, 102, 103 kind of a situation. Um, I just, you get the full nugget if you listen to the fear, and then we work in the resentment, work in shame. So, um, you know, I always start, and, and, and for the record, some of the devices to move forward, and we're going to talk about this as we as we go through this in the next uh, 22 minutes, um, are having a voice, making sure you're, you're belonging to a community, and you are completely immersed in the presence of your life. So fear, resentment, and shame need your active voice to come out of it, need a community to surround it, and it needs you to be involved in the present with it. So we move forward. So I'm that kind of guy, man, that I love definitions. I love to know what, what you know words are, particularly how they move in culture today, Um uh, and and you know if I mean, if you want to get crazy about uh, about stuff you know you dive deep into the words and what their meanings were and what the original intentions were and and even you know like if we talk in terms of Jesus and Jesus's language was Aramaic um, all the translations since the time he opened his mouth and breathed down any word that he breathed out um, to now definitely need some walking through you can't just open a Bible. And I, this is, you know, again, like people get pissed, but this is the way it goes. You can't just open a Bible into the English language and expect to drink in all of its wisdom. You just can't do it. At some point, some level, you got to do a deeper dive um, into some original language, into some original understanding, and some into some cultural history. You just got to get some of that. I mean, at the end of the day, you just you just got to kind of take it in. I'm not telling you to, you know, wrap that as a blanket around yourself and suffocate. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying go out and tattoo, you know, it to your face. That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying there's a common sense to a lot of what we're talking about today. And most of that common sense is like understanding the words. So resentment is a noun. Um, This from Webster. Bitter indignation, bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. Bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. Some of the words that are associated with resentment are bitterness, indignation, irritation, dissatisfaction, disgruntlement, (laughs) discontentment, discontent, uh, resentfulness, bad feelings, hard feelings, ill will, you get it. Some of the causes, here's some of the causes. Some of the causes will involve a sense of injustice or wrongdoing from an individual group or circumstance, right? Some of the causes will involve a sense of injustice or wrongdoing from an individual group or circumstances. I used to work at television, man, so let me help you out with this. Like, like television stations, like, you know, a lot of people on TV, like, hop from one station to another, and invariably, you'll be, like, grabbing coffee with somebody at the television station you're working at, and, and inv- invariably, like, four minutes into, less than four minutes into the conversation, you'll hear, like, yeah, I used to work at da 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 and boy, do they suck, because, 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 <laughs> you know, so, I mean, television people have just the, the a wonderful way of making sure you know where they used to work and, and why they left. <laughs> Hey, and perhaps that is the way with the church too, right? Um, so the examples of some of this stuff like are public humiliation, constant discrimination or prejudice, being taken advantage of, maybe you feel unrecognized. That's another one. As a manager, and I, I worked in television stations for years as a manager, and man, I tell you, man, if it, it, people get that sense of that they're not being recognized, it fuels resentment, which is why I tell leaders and managers today who are running any kind of shop, whether it's a a huge corporation in New York City 
or whether it's uh, a little dinky, uh, you know, two-man shop in Iowa, you have to be able to have the presence to recognize the folks. And when I say recognize, I'm not talking about, you know, putting some corporate halo over the top of them. I'm talking about recognizing them as human beings, right? I'm talking about looking at them and going, hey, Joe, you know what? You're a really kind and gentle person, and I love the way you do X, Y, and Z. And thank you, right? And thank you. Where the hell is the thank you today? You know what I mean? Um, resentment. Here's a great saying. This saying is as old as the damn word. Resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to suffer. Resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to suffer. We must be careful with our faith for the record and resentment. The dogmas in our faith can develop, and listen, this is, here's the breakdown between denominations and faith right here. The dogmas in our faith can develop certainty among our beliefs, right? And certainty can isolate us in resentment as we see other people in communities going against our grain or our belief system. We are right, others are wrong, and so therefore certainty can develop resentment. And so we must be careful. So if you're a person listening to the podcast right now and you've got this great faith working, perhaps in a denomination um, that can be isolating, yeah, and again, it's, it's whether you're evangelical, you know, and you're swimming in whatever denomination, or you know, you're Catholic, I like, or you're Muslim, you're Jew, you're you're a Jew, you're a, you're a Sufi. Well, not so much the Sufis, man, because the Sufis are like Ali Ali oxen free, which is why I love them. But the um, it, it doesn't really matter if you've got some kind of a dogma that has developed a certainty, like you're right and others are wrong. I guarantee you, you're setting yourself up for a hell of a lot of resentment as you walk through this world. So as a faith, as a person with faith, I want you just to be aware of that, understand that, keep that thing all boxed up and noodled so you understand it. Resentment can be a subtle emotion, all right? Resentment can be subtle. It can live a very dormant life as a person can percolate just under the surface. And I want you to think about it. I want you to put your politics into that spotlight, right? I want you to put your morality into that spotlight. I want you to put relationships into that spotlight. Put your team, your work, your tribe into that spotlight. How do you think about culture? How do you think about men, women, religion, God? And the list goes on and on and on. We must understand that resentment permeates, can permeate our existence at time, and will often look justifiable. It'll look like healthy living, when in fact... We are standing in place like stone, like a statue. I'll say it again. We must understand that resentment can permeate our existence and at times often look very justifiable, right? That guy did this. That person did this. That organization did this to me, right? And then it can look like being pissed off is actually a healthy way to go, right? When in fact, what ends up happening with resentment, because it can be just that kind of subtlety that looks like health, maybe it's okay to be pissed off. Right? Well, look, they did some bad crap over there. So, yeah, you know, you know them. They did that, right? Yeah, that's right. They suck. And then you sit on top of that. So, we must understand at that point that resentment is the rehashing of the past. Resentment is the rehashing of the past. And I want you to like think about some people in your life, if not yourself. I want you to think about yourself, obviously. But an easier example would just be go to some, go to friends, go to some friends in your mind right now. And who is that friend, man, that just keeps bringing up that one thing over and over and over again? That, that ex girlfriend, the ex boyfriend, that place they used to work, the church they came from, the faith, the dogma, the belief, the political thing that they like, like bring up that one 
person in your mind that you know goes there all the time. And then think to yourself, how long have they been going there? I literally have friends. And, and again, and this can be a sad thing. I literally have friends that like, you know, 15 years ago, they're still pissed off and still recirculating and rehashing something that happened 15 years ago. Um, I used to, I have this one friend, uh, who had a divorce, who, who's, who's divorced. And for at least three, four years, it was this constant overflow and rehashing of what had happened in that relationship. And at some level and at some point, you know, that cup just got so full that finally a little, you know, truth and a little mirroring happened, uh, in that person's life where it was like, Oh, oh my gosh, I, I don't, I don't want this energy, you know, around me. I don't want this rehashing of the past. Resentment runs a close second to fear. So last week we talked about fear being the number one, uh, you know, you know, stuckable thing. Like fear is that one big offender, man, that keeps you like if you're if you feel stuck, I guarantee you there's fear there. Resentment runs a, a real close second to that thing. The replay of resentment often looks like we are moving forward. So so let me just say it. The replay, like if we use that that example of my buddy who got a divorce, like when he replayed that a lot of times, there was a lot of like thinking like he was moving forward in it when in fact he was just sticking and rehashing, sticking and rehashing. But for him, some of that replay was like, yeah, I'm moving forward with my life. I'm moving forward. I'm going to go and I'm going to go out and do this. But man, I'll tell you that chick, she, you know, so we have to understand that a lot of times when we replay resentment and I'm and I want you to, again, I want you to think about your own friends, but again, I want you to stick with you. Are you replaying the past? Because if you're replaying the past, sitting in that anger, I guarantee you you're stuck. People tell me anger fuels them as they move forward. Does anger, does resentment, the rehashing, does that fuel you? Does it get you to wake up in the morning? I have a guy that I know who looks at me and he says, well, anger, anger keeps me out front. And that may be true, but anger is no way to live a life. Anger, resentment is no way to live a life. Anger can be good for a season. Resentment can be good for a season. But let me help you. Seasons come and seasons go. And with anger and, and resentment, you got to get to step in. The problem with that, for the record, the fueling, is that it's just not a way of life. It's not a vehicle to move forward. It only acts as poison. Resentment becomes a mixture of disappointment, anger, and fear. Envy and jealousy will be the skin of resentment. Envy and jealousy will be the skin of resentment. Resentment can be the foundation of hate, uh, of, of, of hatred, like resentment and hate, different, different, baby, different. Anger will be resentment's most present emotion. Giving into the anger can make you feel powerful, justified, and in control. Think about it. Go to your own life real quick. When you are rehashing the past, sometimes it makes us feel powerful. Sometimes it gives us justifiable reason to stay in control. But, but again, the staple of this is the rehashing of the past. The, 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 the staple of this thing is staying in another season, sticking to the present but leaning backwards. Without understanding and awareness of resentment, resentment will keep you locked in one place. Going back again, again, and again. Resentment can be addiction, plain and simple. Booze, drugs, shopping, gluttony, add resentment to your addiction list, good people, because I know people, I know people, and, and, and for myself, I've been stuck in, a resent, in, in resentment addiction for sure. Hardcore. I had something happen to me many, many years ago by a guy 
And let me tell you, man, if I was to tell you the story and there'd be a jury and a judge there, there'd be, I mean, we'd open and close that thing, you know, within, within a couple minutes. So I told you what this guy did to me. And I relived that thing over and over and over and over again for a good couple, three, four seasons. And it just wasn't healthy, wasn't productive, didn't move me forward. In fact, made me even a bigger asshole at the time than I was. And it, it was, it, it, I, I, listen, I had to move forward from it. And thank God I had people around me to mirror myself to help me go, hey, yo, it's not that I needed to move on. It's that I needed to forgive. It's that I needed a voice, a community, and and the courage to stay in the present. And we'll talk about that. You can use resentment to replicate old dramas. You can use some of your present-day resentment to rehash, recapitulate old dramas, replicate old dramas. So I want you to think about that. Resentment can and will trigger past hurts and pains and refocus and resurface on the circumstances or people in your present. Resentment can and will trigger past hurts and pains and refocus in the surface, on the surface of circumstances or people in your present. So a lot of time you're going to be resentful in the present and take aim not only at some stuff in your past, but also the people around you. Resentment gives you the illusion of strength. I need you to learn your triggers for resentment. What are your triggers for resentment? And that's simply understanding that you're hearing yourself rehash, not only in your mind, but when you're talking to people. Because don't forget, this is a subtle emotion. This is a subtle one. This is like most people when I ask, are you resentment? They go, no. They go, no. And then we start deep diving on resentment and the understanding of what has bothered them in the past, and all of a sudden they see it. Because, again, resentment can make you feel powerful, can make you feel justified, can make you feel like you have strength. So what's moving forward from resentment look like? What does that look like? Well, again, there's, there's three places that staying stuck needs to go. You need to go from here in your stuckness to here. Here's the three places. You have to have voice, you have to have community, and you got to have presence. So in resentment, what does that mean? Well, having a voice means admission. You need to identify with somebody that you love, somebody intimate, somebody intimately connected with you, a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, uh, a mentor, a coach, a spiritual director, a pastor, a rabbi, uh, an imam, whatever, wherever, whoever you look to and have intimate connection with those deep parts of yourself Um, you need to identify that and admit it and talk about the resentment. You know, perhaps you have to list a few people to get it going, right? But I want you to identify your resentments with another person, with their ears, like your voice to their ears, and help them understand your resentments. Also under the category of voice is belief. What has resentment conceived? I want you to really understand this in its belief. What have you or has the resentment conceived in your life? Has it conceived more fear? Has it conceived a certainty? Has it conceived like you not going around that group or that person or that place or that situation or that political group ever again? Has it conceived a wall, a barrier, a border? Are you giving life? This is still under the category of voice and belief. Are you giving life to resentment? And are you willing to keep it? Sometimes we're willing to keep it. So in your belief, are you willing to keep it? I'm keeping it because I'm justified. I'm keeping it because that guy's an a-hole. I'm keeping it because that company sucks. I'm keeping it because, well, that political system is right and this one's wrong. Undervoice, it's also the identity of true self. 
What personas, and we talked about this with fear because you'll do this with, with resentment as well. Identity of true self. What personas have you built because or due to the resentment? And for me, last week I talked about, you know, drunk TV funny guy. Um, one of my big, huge uh, personas that I built out of fear was drunk TV funny guy. When I was in television, um, you know, one of the sure ways I could get people to love and like me and think I was a really great guy was A, to be funny, but then I added alcohol on top of it, and then you had a funny drunk TV guy at the conferences and the conventions and and who could talk about video and TV and lighting and tripods and stories and television stations and all that stuff, and I could do it funny and out of control, and you never knew it was going to happen, and you never knew what I was going to say, and this persona developed, and it was bullshit, 100% garbage, because I built it out of my fear to be liked, loved, um, and belonging to. And here's what happened. People would say, hey, that guy's a drunk. <laughs> hey, where's JR? Oh, he's passed out in the bush. Not, hey, where's JR? Let's let's have serious conversations about, you know, serious matters in television or the industry. It's let, let's invite him to the party because we know it'll 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 hop. And that persona bit me hard. And it also bit other people, quite frankly. So what personas are you developing? as a result of resentment. Are you the angry guy? Are you the guy that writes, you know, sentences on signs and march up and down the road because you're pissed off? Are you the guy that stays away? Are you the guy that goes to? Are you the guy that yells? Are you the guy that says nothing? You know, I mean, what is being built inside of you as a result of the rehashing of the past? Second big category that we move forward with resentment is community. And under community goes love, accountability, restitution. First one is love. Allow help for your resentment. Now, again, most people I ask, do you have a resentment? They'll go, no. So even going to the help, <laughs> even going to the help thing can be kind of dangerous. But what does help look like? It, it, it literally means like you're going to allow people into some of your anger. You're going to allow people into some of your humiliation. You're going to allow people into some of those, those, those moments that you just would rather forget that produced a sense of justifiable anger. Under that community and love category is support others who hold resentment. Like, if you know people, man, that are rehashing the past, just like I did with my buddy with the divorce, it's like I, I needed to sit with that guy and hold his hand every now and then, give him a hug every now and then, just listen to him for an hour every now and then, make sure that he was yelling as loud as he possibly could about the situation. I had to be in support of it to get it out so he could feel like he had a voice while he was going through one of the most incredible seasons of his life. Restitution. So under that community thing is this restitution, this idea. And restitution, for the record, isn't like you just stepping forward and paying out whatever you need to pay out. Another word for restitution is restoration, right? So this is really restoration. Are there areas and relationships needing that restoration, that restitution, that idea that you come forward and, you know, you give up a part of yourself to make something better, and that, my friends, in the American culture is friggin' hard because we're all geared, well, first off, we're all geared to blame other people and then take them to court. We're geared to find fault and then broadcast it. We're geared to find the tweet, find the thing, and then retweet it. So restitution says there's a part of you that needs to come to the table. There's a part of you that needs to come to the table and make things right. Um... That's community, all under, the, all under the heading of community. The next one's presence, and this is to move you away from resentment. Next one's presence. The big thing in presence is courage. 
is courage. And I need you to do what I call practice the moment of emotion. Practice the moment of emotion. And again, this one's going to be hard. (laughs) So when you are feeling resentful, how you practice that moment is by saying to somebody, I'm resentful. If it's fear, it's I'm fearful. If it's shame, it's I feel ashamed. But you you practice this with your voice, with another person intimately connected inside of the moment. So as a habit today, I when I'm resentful, I do, man. I'll grab the phone. I'll grab the uh, the you know the text message. I'll, I'll, I'll email. You know whatever that communication source is for me in that moment, and I'll practice that. Right? Hey. I am pissed off. I'm resentful. I'm rehashing this again, and I really wish I wasn't. Hey, I'm really afraid this person won't love me, and I feel like I'm going to become funny TV drunk guy, and I don't want to do that. Um, Help me. So practice the moment of emotion, and that takes courage. It takes courage to share who you are. It takes courage to go deep. It takes courage to make sure people are knowing you. So practice that. It, it takes courage, and I know you got it. We all do. Courage is something that we all have, for the record. Uh, under presence is also action, which means just the steps to do it. What are the circumstances behind your resentment? What are those circumstances that are behind the resentment? What does reconciliation look like? And moving to reconciliation. What are the circumstances behind the resentment? What does the reconciliation look like? What does reconciliation... What does it look like to not... Move with your energy to be constantly rehashing and pissed off of the past or the person or the thing or the subject or the circumstance. What does it look like? And then once you identify what that looks like, move to it. Move to that. Maybe it's the idea that you have a conversation. Maybe it's that you come around again. Maybe it's the fact that you let go of some of your old uh, ideology, theology, dogma, certainty in order to engage another person in some kind of meaningful conversation. The other thing under presence is an inventory. And I say develop a personal inventory practice that allows a daily self-look. Develop a personal inventory practice that allows a daily self-look. And this can look like a ton of ways, whether it's something that you've got written down that you go through like a checklist, whether it's prayer and meditation at the end of the day, contemplation at the end of the day, whether it's you sitting down with coffee once a week for somebody and going, hey, how was your week? Um, or whether it's, you know, you... Uh, and and some, you know, again, a, just a methodology of a checklist to go through. Was I ang- angry today? Was I fearful today? Was I ashamed today? Um, you know, all the emotions that can surface that can that can just keep us stuck in one place. Identify resentful moments in that inventory, the people, the circumstances of your day. And the last one in presence is body. And again, we never talk about the body. We only do we only do the body. Like you know, how well can it tan? And how big are my six packs? Um, and how big are my boobs, and what can I make my lips look like this week? Body is the identifier. Body is the thermometer. Body is the marker. Body is is, is the pathway to really truly understanding a lot of our emotions. Why? How do you say? Well, I want you to develop a, a, a practice that notices the sensations of your feelings. Like sometimes when I'm afraid or shameful, right? Or, or hey, how about this? When you're embarrassed, what happens? Right? Blood flushes to your face, right? It's like everybody, ah, oh, you're red face, so you're embarrassed. So that's how you know a lot of people look at you and go, ah, oh, you're embarrassed because you you got a red face, right? So this is the body reacting to emotion, and the body reacts to resentment, the body reacts to fear, the body reacts to shame, the body reacts to happiness, embarrassments, sorrow. 
joy. So I want you to start identifying the sensations for the feelings. And again, this is ultra big, vigilant consciousness, understanding, and awareness. It just means that you're going to have to stay present with yourself and have the courage enough to walk through some of this crap without ignoring it with how you ignore it. How, how do you ignore it? How do you ignore emotions? I'll ask you that. I don't ignore emotions, Jared. Yes, you do. How do you ignore emotions? For years and years and years, I did it with booze. When I was a young teenager, I did it with drugs. Uh, some of you do it with sex. Some of you do it with uh, too much online shopping. Some of you do it with porn. Some of you do it with lying. Some of you do it with cheating. Some of you do it with gambling, eating. Oh, my gosh, eating, right? Holy crap. Go to a Vons. That's all I got to say. Go to the booze aisle at Vons. <laughs> We do a great job at ignoring our business. But what I want you to do is I want you to be in an upright position, understanding what the body is doing during the emotions, because here's what's going to happen. The emotions are going to hit your mind, and it's going to flush into your body. And the body's going to become a great, again, a thermometer, an indicator, a marker to understanding what's happening inside of you instead of the guesswork that usually goes down. And the guesswork usually leads into unhealthy numbing. So... I want you just to be ever, ever mindful about that. So I guarantee you're going to have spots of anger and resentment today. So when you can, be a little vigilant with yourself, with yourself, with yourself, and notice what the body's doing. All right, we're 33 minutes into it. I apologize for going three minutes over. I love all you good people. JRMan.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com for everything you need. Hey, if you're looking for a coach, a mentor, a spiritual director, uh, somebody that can come into your culture, your business, or your organization and help you identify leadership, who's next, who to hire, how to keep people, uh, all those things that I just talked about, I am your guy. There's a phone number. uh, There's an email on that great thing. I appreciate every one of you. Thank you for all your emails, your notes, and your DMs on social um, I, I'm working on something that's really awesome with my very best friend, Rob Zupan. Uh, it's a book. I didn't talk about it in the beginning of the podcast, but I'm talking about it now. Um, we're, we're so close to finalizing design uh, and, and, and printing it out. Um, more about that coming up, but I just wanted to share that with you, uh, and we'll we'll have more about that later. And I think you guys will enjoy what what uh, what, what I cooked up and, and, and how Rob put uh, some wonderful design on. Hey, really do love you, really do appreciate you. We will talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.